0: You cannot stay with your head down. You can't stay hitting it behind a computer screen.
1: Hello, welcome back to Speaking Queerly, a podcast hosted by Kaleidoscope Youth Center and LGBT Youth Center located in Columbus, Ohio. My name's Mallory, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the Civic Engagement and Advocacy Manager here at KYC.
2: And I'm Daria, I use she, they pronouns, and I'm the Ohio GSA Network Manager at Kaleidoscope.
1: Awesome. Well, we hope everyone has been doing well since our last episode. Um, I know that last episode was a little bit heavy. We talked a lot about the legislation, the anti-LGBT legislation that's been introduced here in Ohio. And I just wanted us to kind of debrief a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know that can be a little bit heavy, as can the rest of the news that, that's okay. happening. So I just want to remind everyone that like, yes, we want to care about these issues. It's important to stay informed, but it's also okay to like turn off the news every once in a while and to just like take time for yourself and to just kind of recharge too.
2: Right. And I will say making sure that you hold space in your life for that. Like there's a lot of young people that come to KYC and we have things like an advocacy um, meeting and youth are more than welcome to come volunteer their time and like hang out with us for that. But also we've got a lot of youth that just want to come and be queer and sit here and not have to worry about what's happening in the news and happening outside. So just having a space that you can exist authentically is really important.
1: A hundred percent. And I think one thing that it's important for everyone to remember is that like, yes, you should care. And yes, you should take action, like contact your legislators, things like that. And also it's okay sometimes to let other people worry about that too, especially if you're a young person, like it's great to be involved. And also like you can let adults handle that too. And you can just be a kid or you can just be a young person too. So like, I just want to make sure we, we cleared that up because I know last episode was kind of heavy.
2: Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was a lot, but
1: yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I know that today, today's episode. The guest we have here is going to be an excellent palate cleanser for for those who are feeling a little bit weighed down after the last episode. And I'm so excited to introduce you to uh, Luster. Um, Earlier this year, we talked with our colleague, Lee Ball, about some Black and queer folks who we either wish we had learned more about growing up or who made an impact on us when we learned about them in school or just in our own readings. Um, And I think when we talk about these leaders or really any other, you know, important figure, um in the world, it's often hard to picture ourselves making the same sort of impact in the world. Um, so we wanted to bring it local today and introduce everyone to a person who has and continues to leave a mark on Columbus's Black and queer community. And this is Luster P. Singleton. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Luster. Luster, who uses he and they pronouns, is proudly from Zanesville, Ohio, and is a graduate of the Ohio State University, where they earned a master's and bachelor's of arts degrees in women's studies. He's fascinated by the intersections of isms and how they inform and instruct positive perceptions of faith and gender in our daily lives. Luster is a former coordinator of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender student services and a director of ethnic student services and Ohio State. They also coordinated the Pride family and teen area for Columbus or for Stonewall Columbus yearly Pride Festival for 14 years. Uh, luster also has a 30-year reputation as an accomplished gender performer, best known for their gender bending portrayals of the sassy sassy della virgin and the sassy Luster della V. They're the co-founder and visionary of the 1990s nationally and internationally acclaimed drag king troupe his kings and the international drag King extravaganza. They've also Just say that,
0: extravaganza
1: extravaganza yes of course <laughs> um they've also been featured in several documentary films and have toured with theater productions but none of which compare to the fact that they're now here with us on speaking queerly so
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: and importantly we want to shout out luster was also the 2022 kyc community freedom fighter award honoree so Thank you
0: all.
1: bring it local here yeah of course so as you can tell, Luster is just this phenomenal human, and we're so excited to have you here on the podcast. So welcome! I've
0: been doing a few things,
1: <laughs> staying <laughs> busy, staying busy, and staying making busy. time for little, little old us here at Speaking Queerly.
0: Well, KYC is actually a uh, passion, and really, uh, in my mind, why I do the things I do. The mm. uh, folks that you. Serve the population that served here, um, and what you provide has it's really why I ever stepped out the first time on a, a pride march, why I sweat bullets and then come do things like this. Um, I'm actually a, a, a fairly introverted, I am an extroverted introvert, mm-hmm. really. um, and but. What you do here is give people a voice way sooner than society would tell them that they can have a voice. Mm. And that is important to me because I spent a lot of time, I, I don't even know what would, I wonder what I would be sometimes when I think about if I'd had an opportunity like this to get somewhere. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I meet the youth and the young people and the kids that come here and the staff, even, and just am amazed by uh, what's provided. And so it is, it, uh, uh, I'm always going to say yes to this. I mean, I was out there in the early days when this was just a pipe dream of Mm -hmm. people and I looked envelopes, stuffed letters. That was back in the day, folks, when you took a piece of paper and you typed stuff up on it, you put it inside (laughs) this envelope and then you put a stamp on it. Whoa. (laughs) And if you were like really progressive, you'd put an empty Mm -hmm. envelope stamped envelope inside so they could reply to you right and so those days at um columbus stonewall sitting there actually i think we might have even been in someone's home looking these letters and get getting them out this information out um for this radical idea of a support group really for youth yeah you know was something else and now here we are you know we could only dream of this um, then, and now here we are.
1: I love that. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about like KYC history too. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and it's, I'm sure like when you were in those early days too, like, would you have pictured KYC being what it is now and having the reach or?
0: The thing is that, um, my, my gift, I guess you could say that I've been leaning into is that I am a visionary. And so when I get an idea, I go all the way, like I'll walk through the whole thing of what. And we've always known that a safe house, housing, those types of things were needed. So, yeah, that's what I thought. I just did not think it would take as long as it has taken Mm You know, for the most part, folks like to make a lot of fun about Ohio, but along queer lines, we are actually very progressive here, very progressive. And there is a comfort um, and a... I don't know. I feel like a legislative power that we have here that does not exist outside of the state. If you just take your time and drive across, you'll find that you will not find. We feel like we don't have that much Mm -hmm. here because we want so we're spoiled, really, Mm -hmm. um, or blessed, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And so, um You know, just for us to have that idea, then to have queer adults really helping queer youth and people being able to say that they were, well, gay and lesbian then. I'll say gay and lesbian. Mm -hmm. Not even the bisexuals were saying that much, Mm -hmm. uh, at that time to, to say that we recognized gay and lesbian youth under 18 mm-hmm. was extremely radical. So there was no, I, no, um, of course, if we were doing that, I thought, oh, five years, mm-hmm. 10 years, maybe we're going to have a couple houses, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're really, we're really going to have like a whole, I, I expected us to have a whole like youth lobbyist group mm-hmm. and just all of these types of things. But mm-hmm.
1: we're getting you know,
0: there. We're getting there. Yeah. We are getting there. And, you know, it's always a practice. And on, it looks so easy when we're looking at the social movements of the past. Mm-hmm. It looks like, oh, I just got to get out here in the street and I got to do this and I got to do that. But they, you you miss out on all the things behind the scenes that have to come together. Mm-hmm. All the people that you don't think are connected, mm-hmm. you know, like, like society will have you thinking that. You're a conspiracist or something because you don't think that things they are like, oh, those aren't connected, but they are yeah. connected. The education board is there are all these traps that are set up so that you cannot progress, mm-hmm. you know, and you it's not as easy as just hating the establishment. You do have to participate and have mm-hmm. people that are a part of the establishment, and it's a lot finer of a line to walk than one might imagine right. when they're passionate 30 years ago. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. Wow. Well, I'm so eager to hear more about your, you know, your stories, your involvements, um, you kind of your place in the Columbus queer community. Um, But first, we want to start off with a little bit of a fun optional add on question, as we say in our drop in center. So today, we're going to be talking a lot about storytelling. And so I want to know. What is your favorite book or movie or TV show, musician, any piece of media that prominently features a black queer character or queer characters of color? Now it could be from any time, yeah.
0: Okay, well, then I would say, um, I would say Sylvester, okay. Um, and for those people who don't, this is a little bit of your uh, trans, well, we'll say non-binary. Um, Sylvester is a musician, um, singer, songwriter, uh, back in the, oh gosh, I guess seventies. He might've even started in the sixties, but was this performer, um, oh, what's it called? Something girls. Dream girls. Oh, so yeah, the yeah. soundtrack to dream girls is list is um, Sylvester's. Oh, and,
1: neat. Okay, okay. So the
0: soundtrack to that, a lot of disco that you hear, um, it was Sylvester. Uh, he's like that crossover. We start getting to some electronic after disco. Right. And so he. Kind of is at the beginning of disco into electronic music, but was an out, was it a queen from no age? Um, very unapologetic about it. Um, has an octave range that is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There are so many songs that sample from Sylvester's music. Uh, it's Rainy Men That, that those singers, um when they sang with him they were two tons of fun i can't remember the weather girls mm-hmm. the weather girls were his backup singers and he i think he actually wrote the music i know he produced them but um he had the fur he was part of they're called um oh gosh uh i should have brought some jog something to um, jog my memory, (laughs) but um, he is part of a traveling, they were a a trans group. I'll have to give you the name. I'll I'll, I'll try and pull the name up later. Mm -hmm. But they went around and were doing gender bending when people weren't calling it that. Mm -hmm. They just seemed to be outrageous. You know, and Sylvester always had the long nails, always had. And he was really actually a non-binary, but we did not have that word then. Mm-hmm. People would refer to him as a tra- transvestite. He did not call himself that. He said that he was a queen. And he actually got on, um, like, national talk TV. Like, it um, it wasn't Johnny Carson, but I, I cannot remember. It was something like Johnny Carson, but he went on there as himself. Cool. And while po- folks tried to poke fun, he held his own until like the whole audience was leaning in and listening to him say how before RuPaul, there was mm-hmm. Sylvester. Oh, I love that. So, but before RuPaul, there was Sylvester. And so that is, and he always worked in stories. Um, about who he was and how he felt people should be within his music. He always gave um, messages, you know, throughout his concerts and wherever he was. So cool. he actually um, passes away, passed away from complications of HIV. Mm. Um, but prior to that, he's just an icon. Mm-hmm. He just style, sound whatever it was it was a sylvester
2: that's awesome that amazing that's really so, cool. there's so
0: much i need to dig into i know know. there's a couple there's a musical um out about his life i believe that there's a couple books out about his life um he was that was during Hey ashbury time mm, so oakland cool. was just exploding with uh, musicality and just people pushing the edges of gender boundaries. So that's right. cool. I love
1: that. Yeah. So, Daria, how about you?
2: Um, I'm going to continue on the music side of things. Okay. Um, I think, at least right now, Jaden Smith, I love Jaden Smith. Um, he has his own clothing line as well, which is just super cool. I, know that. I really? will never, on this nonprofit budget, I'm never going to be able to afford it. Before. Right. Exactly. <laughs> super, super great. I love, um, just the way that he is so unapologetically himself and the way that he dresses and the way that he interacts with the world. Um, and I remember, I can't remember what year it was exactly, but there was some huge controversy that blew up at the fact that Jaden Smith wore a skirt. It was Mm -hmm. insane people and people specifically went to Will Smith and were like, how could you let your son dress Mm -hmm. that way? Mm -hmm. And so much of it was specifically because Jaden Smith, identifies as a black man and when harry styles comes out and wears dresses and like mm-hmm. and you know i like dresses in whatever way that he wants it's to homosexual. yeah
0: everyone
2: mm-hmm. is everyone is like okay that's great like and of course you know there's going to be backlash in general but overall a lot of people are like that's so awesome that harry styles is doing that but then when jaden smith did it and right. just like not even in like the public eye per se i believe it was like for a school prom or something mm-hmm. like that um people were just like going off the deep end but he like stood his own and like continues on and is doing his own clothing brand and releasing music i want to see him live so bad (laughs) he was touring with justin bieber and i'm not a big Mm. justin bieber fan so i couldn't convince myself to spend the money to just go see jaden smith for like 40 minutes and then sit through a two-hour justin bieber concert right right so
1: (laughs) well yeah we need jaden smith on the cover of vogue then too if harry styles can do it yeah let's see jaden smith and a dress on there yeah, um, see, Jaden
0: Smith on the cover, but I'd love you heard it here first, folks.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Secret> things <laughs> speaking under existence. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the uh, real quick the um, storyline, the the TV show, really that I've been obsessed with basically for the last six months or more is the new A League of Their Own series on Amazon Prime. Um, mm-hmm. That this show, like if you watch the original 1992 movie, this show delves into all of the storylines that weren't being told. Uh, everybody is gay. Just when you think that you've seen enough gay characters, like there are more. Just the entire all six episodes. Oh, there's really? eight episodes. And I think they're maybe being renewed for more, but not nearly as much as they should. But I'll I'll save that for another day. We'll but check that out. <laughs> but not only are there so many queer characters, there's a whole plot line. Like you know how in the original movie it's just like you very briefly see these black women who are like want to play but can't play and mm-hmm. like they catch the ball whatever and like that's the end of that plot line. This goes into those black and black and queer characters and like there's black trans representation like just the 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 character Max and I I don't want to give any spoilers. I really don't. But her relationship with her family, the way that that's done out, oh my gosh, like I could cry right now just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen that show on Amazon Prime, that's re- your required homework is to go home and binge all eight episodes and episode six like being a hater
0: like,
1: oh no it's like i i know a lot of people were like oh i don't want to watch it because either they had such a strong relationship with the 92 film or they like didn't like the film and like didn't want to see it redone as a tv mm-hmm. show but like couldn't have been done better like truly is just i i struggle to find a flaw honestly like i wanted to find a flaw just to be like oh they didn't do it perfectly but i don't know call me out if you if you catch a flaw but Mm, I don't know. I'll check it out. Yeah, you you definitely should. But yeah, the the representation is honestly like oh, I could cry. It's great. <laughs> it's it's the show I think everyone needed when they were a kid. So um so speaking of when you're a kid, and you kind of touched on this too. Um KYC serves youth between the ages of 12 and 24 in various ways. And I want to know a little bit about yourself when you were around that age. And I know 12 to 24 is a big age range. So you could pick a time when you were a young person and just kind of tell us about who who Young Luster was.
0: Well, I pretty much figured out kind of what was up. I just didn't totally have great language for it when I was eight. I really, I really believe when I was three or four, like I knew, but no one's trying to listen to you when you're that age, you know? Um, I can remember having really strong reactions to, I didn't mind dressing up in dresses and things like that at home. But when I went out, I did not. Want to be wearing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that I'm kind of at the queer's queer, like I really decidedly in the middle. I, it's taken me a long time to, um, really, uh, you know, I'm also a stage performer. Um, and so a lot of my, I guess, femininity would come out there, but it's taken me a long time to accept. What kind of pretty boy I really am, mm-hmm. and to really find this, like, thank God for was it the millennials or is it the um, what generation coins non-binary? Yeah, thank God for that because I really am decidedly in the middle, and so I could play a round with that femininity to a point but as soon as I would like get home I would like have to I had this ball cap that I wore all the time it was a knit <laughs> <laughs> it was a knit kind of ball cap but it had a big cap part to it and it was red and white stripes but the bill was um stars because I am a patriot, we'll talk about that later. But I am, I am, I patriotic, and I just would wear that. And I had a denim blue hat, and those, no matter what I had on, I would try to put those caps on, really? drive my mom crazy. But I would try to put those caps on, mm-hmm. and somehow that like would help me, mm-hmm. you know. But around eleven and twelve, it was pretty traumatic because I had always, you know played with the guys. I want to play shoot them up, be the captain of the starship, all of that stuff, leading the commando things. That was what I wanted to do. And it came naturally to me. And I did do that Uh, around 11 or 12. I not only are my playmates pushing back, you know, because A, I guess we're all going through puberty suddenly. I'm not, even though I was as flat chested as them, it's still becoming more of a point for some of them that I'm not a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a guy. So there's, you know, touching that like like inappropriate grabs and touches mm-hmm. that start to happen, you know, which is, whatever is normal. People are trying to figure, figure things out. Um And I'm like, "Eh, I don't like that. And no, I don't like him Mm -hmm. like that. That's disgusting Mm -hmm. to me. Kind of, kind of it was like, that was like the weird thing too, because I really like guys, but I think it's because I wanted, Mm
2: -hmm. saw
0: myself as their equal Mm -hmm. in some way. I've never like thought, oh, I want to be a boy. I'm going to be a boy. I'm a dude. I'm a guy and I just knew that. Mm-hmm. And everybody's body's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, I was having this confusion then because I'm like everybody's body's different. So mine's yeah. just, like different. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm still like with you guys and then adults are starting to be the fact that I was a tom girl mm-hmm. was always I and I happen to be super bright. So if if you're super bright as a girl and you're man-ish mm-hmm. is which people would say people will put up with that because mm-hmm. you're intelligent. It's almost like you can't be super intelligent and be beautiful. Oh, Folks don't accept that, right. really, right? You're pushed towards not being intelligent. It's almost like, oh my God, she's so beautiful and she's intelligent, you know. Mm-hmm. But as a homely or manish female intelligence is what's going to get you by because mm-hmm. at least you're what's smart
1: mm-hmm. you know yeah
0: and so but around that age you start getting this push to you know well that was cute but you know you're here you're, you're about to be 13 you're about to be a teenager you can't be in the streets rolling in the dirt and doing all that stuff you start hearing those and it's not i i don't think any no one came up and said oh you're a girl. You cannot. But it's in the comments. Mm-hmm. It's in everything that you see. It's in the stores. Like the older you get, the closer away boys and girls' clothes are from e- each other. Right. You know. That's a good point. Like you'll have mixed up stuff as long as it's like elementary and under. Yep.
1: Like the kids section. The kids
0: section. Like everything's yeah, there. You're right. But then you suddenly you like get pushed to you get split apart. Right. And. um Dressing rooms have to, like, I don't know why people can't just go in the dressing room and try their stuff on. There's an attendant there. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's going to happen in there that you don't allow to happen. Right. And so, like, there's just starts becoming all that pressure. And I am looking for myself somewhere, but any of the mannish women are, you can see the disgust of the adults around you or this sort of putting up with, but that's not something that you're going to be with, be about. And so I just, I don't know. I turned into a bookworm yeah. and I just called myself conservative, um, even though I really like fashion a lot and, and it would the way it would work out for me is I could do this high fem thing, like okay, it's a basketball game, you gotta get dressed up on game mm-hmm. day. So I would bust out with that. Some mainly just because people would be like, What?
1: Yeah, and they didn't expect you know, yeah. because they
0: did not expect they didn't expect it. I had this purple number with the choker. <laughs> and them. these fishnets yes, oh you couldn't tell me a thing but it much played into my later life of being a drag queen mm-hmm. because I could put on that femininity and I got a kick out of people enjoying how well I did it. yeah you know what I didn't get a kick out of was that they wanted me to be like that all the time and that they couldn't see that that wasn't Exactly what I was trying to say, Mm -hmm. you know, so it it starts to happen there. You start, I my best friend really started getting into boys and everything feminine, and so it started turning into me like just sitting there Mm -hmm. and watching her do all go through all of this stuff, and at the same time, I think I may have had a crush sort of on her, only to access it, I wanted females girls to treat me how they were treating those guys
1: right right you
0: know and I wanted guys I like guy energy but I wanted them to treat me like the bud right you know or I I guess I was aware of a couple gay male couples and I can remember thinking if I had something like that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: if I could have a guy treat me like that guy treats that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I could do that, and then uh, I immediately felt guilty and terrible, and like maybe I needed to pray or something because, <laughs> you right, know, right. Having like, like the thoughts that you have when you're that age, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to talk about
1: yep, it. Right. Yeah, right. you're not
0: allowed to tell. And you're like, I don't know, something's well, happening in my nether regions every time. <laughs> re-
1: Well, because it's awkward enough. person walks
0: by me and who do I talk to about that? Right. You know?
1: Because it's awkward enough when you're, like, at that age and, like, inevitably some adult, whether that's your parent or whatever, is going to be like, who do you have a crush on? Or, like, you're talking to somebody. You're literally just having a conversation like, oh, is that your boyfriend? Yeah. And then when it's assumed, like, a cishet situation, it's, like, awkward enough as is. And then when you're like, oh, wait, something's going on. I'm different. Like, you're not going to bring that up to, you know, just a parent. (laughs)
2: Especially... Like the nuances of when it comes to like gender identity and like sexual orientation, when it's like, so I think if I like guys, it would be in the way that like this gay man is treating like his partner, and it's like mm-hmm. that kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Or if it, I like girls, it's like this kind of dynamic that I I want. Like, if you're 12, are you going to explain that to like your parents or your guardians or whatever? Like, it's like, you know what, we will deal with that in a while. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk right. to you about that. And
0: right just, now. It's just so confusing because you are pushed well and if you are a child of questionable sexual orientation there is more pressure when people see that and they're like oh oh go and that's your boyfriend right oh oh you do you want to invite so and so do you want to do this and it's like hey but if that were going on because i could compare to my sister who is getting the don't be so fast don't be so fresh because she is model-esque and never had a problem with anybody at the door, Mm -hmm. knocking at the door. So she's getting the opposite of don't be so fast, don't be this, don't be that. And so it's like confusing Mm
2: -hmm. because
0: A, I thought you're supposed to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought you're supposed to be friends and not be thinking about all of that. Mm -hmm. Why are you all, did you get your first kiss yet?
1: Yeah. Great.
0: Trying to get comfortable riding in the in the same cart on the um on the um on the um on the, um, on the uh like at the amusement park. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah you know. I'm just like trying to like be in the same car on right. a ride. Yeah. Like, oh did you get your first kiss yet? Right. You know?
1: I'm just trying to make eye contact without sweating. Yeah. <laughs> long physical contact, yeah. He, yeah, right, exactly. Right.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, it was all it was kind of strange. I pretty much I turned into the friend. Now, if it were for me, I couldn't talk to a person. But like if it were you two and I knew like you were crushed out on, on <laughs> a, I would could make some Situations. you would be
2: like the wing person. Yeah, and yeah I was I always like the
0: wing person. I, I I almost always was by myself, mm-hmm. and then there were a bunch of couples, and I would be by myself. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out how to. I don't. I don't know. I think it part of it was because I also felt like a fraud of sorts mm-hmm. because I knew I, I don't want to go out with you, like, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. but. And so while you're trying to do that, it's just like, I want to do this. And then you feel obligated if someone's nice to you, then to like, they'd be like, why are you so mean? Go out, go mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> right. I, I distinctly remember getting the same comments from my mom. Like, why are you being so mean to him? Just like, you know, whatever. I was like, but like meanness was the... Not that I was ever mean, you know what I mean? But not like open arms friendly, like yeah. you into my life because I'm like, I don't want that. But I also don't have the words for why I don't want that. She's like, just be nice to him, Mallory. Oh, whatever. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like I remember like there was one day after like a swim meet or something, I was wearing just my sweats and my mom was like, well, why don't, cause I had a boy coming over or whatever. She's like, why don't you like put on jeans, put on something nicer. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I don't want him to get any wrong ideas. Right. right? But I didn't know. What that was, right? Yeah, so You're right. I, I I relate fully. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was uh, right on up until I don't know I, because the lesbian world, which I started to kind of. So I start working at a Girl Scout camp. Oh, <laughs> how cliche! <laughs> um, when I was, I was like fifteen or something. We sort of fudged about my age um, <laughs> so that I could I. I think that my counselor could see what was going on. And I was really miserable. Mm-hmm. I was, I've always been pretty precocious and older for my age. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, like, I think she must've saw something and she finagled away for me to come and work at this camp. Hmm. And in the in the kitchen of this camp. And when I got there, there, of course, were lesbians. Mm-hmm.
2: like
0: You know, out and out, as out as you can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so I started kind of hanging around them because at least they're not the girly girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they're not the girly girls. They're helping me sort of figure out how I can walk in the world, you mm-hmm. know. And they were all like people in college or like in the beginnings of their career. Mm-hmm. So that also like gave some insight for how I might
2: mm-hmm. be able to
0: manage. I really thought that I would be a school teacher. I was going to marry like a trucker or something <laughs> like that. Somebody who was gone
2: yeah, all the
0: time because I wanted children. So I was like, I can do this to get some children and then he'll be gone all the time. And I'm going to be like a new age kind of wife where we'll have an open, like uh, that i read in some swinger thing. And I know we'll be swingers and I'll let him do all wow. of that. Wow. And I <laughs> just, that's what I had in my mind. I would sit in church and think about it, <laughs> sit in and think in about church. <laughs> how I was going to manage this and be able or be a teacher because it did seem a lot of teachers were single. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know anything about the lives. their lives. Yeah. You know? And so I thought that is a profession you can do and not be married. Because you <laughs> could just, just be married to other people's children and the work and all of yeah. that. Stuff. And so that's really what I thought. Right. That I was gonna do, or I was gonna like run away and thumb my way to California or something. Mm-hmm. And California, or I was going to go to the mountains and just live like a hermit because I did not.
2: Right, Those
0: were the options that I thought I had.
2: I think it's actually a good place. Moving from like your youth into like the adolescence of like where you thought you were going, moving to like how do you see yourself in Columbus? You know, and like in the legacy that you leave. Like moving from that youth side of things into like your careers and your adulthood.
0: I'm often so surprised that I'm here, mm-hmm. as well as it makes sense. I really was trying to get the hell out of Ohio. Yeah. Like I um, you know, I come from Zanesville. is a really interesting place. It's the confluence of a lot of things, you know. Um, we had a lot of Slavic people there because um Slavic folks were treated poorly and that too, and mm-hmm. taking the worked the rivers a lot. So we got a lot of Slavic folks, a lot of indigenous folks, and then African American people. So so the the fabric there is extremely interesting, but the the racism that happens in Zanesville was just like a part of everyday life, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the Grand Imperial Wizard of one of the sections of the Ku Klux Klan proudly lived with a big sign on on his house, you know, right on the outskirts of town. There's a house to this day that still sits there, Um proudly displaying its swastika Mm. flags and Aryan nation right across from our park. You know, everybody knew their place and you didn't want to complicate it by being a queer, Mm. you know? So I knew, and I just thought bigger. I just wanted more, you know? And I just thought I would like get out of here. But I always did sort of have this idea of, being a Pied Piper of sorts. Mm -hmm. I love the Pied Piper story. And so I would be like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this stuff. And then I'm going to come back here. I'm going to buy the rec center. And that's what I'm going to do. You know, that's how I'm going to like help people know that they could um, do more. Well, it didn't exactly work out that way, but I think that, I'm here because I love, I do love Ohio. I am proud of who we are and what we do and what we mean to the rest of the nation and the world. I have always had this sense, maybe just coming from Zanesville and being from a country, you know, you get a lot of flack Mm -hmm. for that. And so I've always had like this fierce sense of what? That's right, I am for Zanesville. So what, you know? And like it was really important for me to like know things and know things about the world and be able to talk about the world and be able to, uh, when I first decided, I guess, to come into the work that I do. And I just really see myself as this beacon. Mm -hmm. And I try to provide what I'd wish for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to have like their work gave people there, but they were closeted for good reasons. But still, mm-hmm. you know, I want to wanted to provide for people a, a narrative that was, wasn't one that ended in tragedy or just death or. Yes, I was who I was, but I but my life was so miserable be, because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanted to help people and their voice Mm -hmm. and to to voice um who they are and and like what's possible so when I get up finally get up here I was headed to Stanford that's where I thought that I was going to go um and that did not work out and I ended up devastated at Ohio State
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't I, let people hear you say that on the spot. I yeah. yeah.
0: I have two degrees and okay. But I was devastated because I was afraid I would be trapped. Yeah. You know? I was afraid I would be trapped. And um just just all of these things. I had so much going on at, at that time in my life. Um I mean, I was also what when I started college, I was six months pregnant
2: mm-hmm.
0: when I started college. And so I had that going on and what did that mean? And I already knew myself as a queer person mm-hmm. and um it was a lot of pressure that ended me up in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I still came to Ohio state and lived in the towers <sighs> with my big old pregnant self. I sure did. Um that first day I just was told my roommates, well, you can obviously see what my situation is. If this makes you uncomfortable, they will give me my own room. Wow. And luckily the women there were like, It could be one of us and wow, we cannot even believe wow. you and so you know, what a mine thing that was to be I knew I was queer. I well, I was saying I was a lesbian politically. Right. I'm saying that. that. And I don't, let's see, I had not had any kind of had I, relationship with a female person, mm-hmm. a person who identified as feminine or, or female. um, but I knew that that was something that I was really interested in, mm-hmm. uh, but I still couldn't figure out how to act, access it too. Mm-hmm. Because what's the room, where's the room for a masculine, female, in lesbian community and culture? Mm-hmm. Butch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that. So it was just like so crazy, but all of those experiences so that I could, I guess, share that now. But I get there gave my kid up for adoption. Yes, we're back together now. Yes, we know each other and all of that. Um, And so then I just was like, okay, so let's just, what affords me is this lesbian thing, because it was only trans white women that I knew, and they were dealing with all of their socialization um, as white men, and just really caught up on the binary of, of gender, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? And so that wasn't a place for me. So I land with the lesbians yeah. who at least, and I'm in women's study. I find women's studies.
1: Sure. It'd be hard to avoid it, connecting with well, the lesbians. You know, I was class. in
0: education and that wasn't, I could see that that wasn't going to work well for me. Mm-hmm. And there was just this dyke <laughs> and, um, who was my counselor. Um, her name is Dottie Painter. If you don't know about her here in Columbus, you should know about her. Um, a, I will say specifically, lesbians, get on your history. Dottie Painter was fierce. She just passed, I think, in this last couple years. Fierce, fierce, fierce. And I credit her for saying, well, you know, have you ever heard of women's studies? Yeah, yeah. Oh women (laughs) study.
1: Right. What is that? I would like to study women. Sounds interesting. Yeah, right,
0: right. And that's how I get there. And she got me a job in um student gender and sexuality services. Wow, She got me a job there. And so those things I start reading more and start, this is the stuff I'm trying to access, you mm-hmm. know, you know, and I'd always sort of like, tried to find anything that I could find. Um, and, you know, we're just getting the internet. So you're getting some access to, to, I think it was called like, like tapestry. And so there were folks on the East coast who were writing like rag magazines and, and posting up like these newsletter mm-hmm. things that you can get access to. Um I just always like would look, you know, I was fascinated any type of cross-dressing mm-hmm. that went on. I would be studying that and be looking for like, I'm like, that's not Mean. Mm-hmm. But, hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder about that person. I wonder about, they do that character really well. You know, just any kind of anything that I could find with folks acting otherly mm-hmm. is what I would try to do. And, you know, the third wave of feminism starts peeking up and starts saying, well, Start saying to lesbians, Yeah, but you're saying we can only be this type of lesbian, Mm -hmm. and there's that pushback that starts to happen there. The bisexuals are like, Hey, stop ignoring us, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, I could see some room in there, but I'm not a swinger, you know, like a lot of times, bisexual then supposedly meant swinger, and that's a whole dynamic. Um, from where and when I entered there, that was very heteronormative, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that. <laughs> would not fit. Um, and it's just kind of like this journey of me bouncing this way. I don't start having a claiming a transgender identity until mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would, I would just say I'm a lesbian politically. I had relationships with cisgendered women, um, occasional. What do I call it? Stranger, stranger relationships with cisgendered men, um, like in between or something like Mm -hmm. that. And I but still it's all like not quite feeling, you know, I would sort of avoid the question Mm -hmm. of how do you identify? I would just make a joke or somehow avoid that question because to say any one thing was to then lock oneself in.
1: Right. That's what I was going to say is like, I mean- Anytime like i I know like from my own personal experience and I know that that is just like an ongoing feeling for many queer and trans folks is like asking how you identify or when you come out like that feels very definitive. I was worried about coming out for the longest time because I was like, well, if I say this one thing then that is who I am and then I can't deviate from that because it felt like enough of a deviation to come out as queer in any right. capacity. Cause it's like, well, I've only known myself as straight. So then to come out, it's like, okay, that's changing an identity that I've always mm-hmm. held. You know what I mean? And yeah. It has to be right. It has to be the exact thing, you yeah. know, because otherwise, you know, but it, realizing that it can ebb and flow and like you can identify as one thing, one minute and something else, you know what I mean? To live in between that binary in in whatever way that binary exists is something that's hard to wrap your head around because you're supposed to know like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What is your name? Like all these things that are truths or like goals that you're trying to move toward. And then to like queer that is, is. It's really
0: just society trying to control you. And it takes a lot to, to unlearn that or to, Stand up against it Everyone's waiting for someone else To mm-hmm. be like no I don't want to be that way So that they it gives them room You know but to be that Person that's like yeah This just does not work for me mm-hmm. And then it's like ooh mm-hmm. What's wrong with you You know it's like well who, who knows like the temperature might be different That changes things you know Maybe like Like I'm just not feeling like that today, and why isn't that okay? I, like, I don't understand exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. Um, in so I don't emerge as my masculine of center, non binary self. I don't emerge really. Um, I would say it was all pretty much in a theory of in some way until like five years ago? Yeah, you know, because I just couldn't get with the binary, like you know, I to be uh, identify as a trans man, then the way that people would want to mm-hmm. interact and and do that, like I just I don't think I just didn't even want to deal with it mm-hmm. um, before before then, and so I just really was this. I just felt like an anomaly, Mm -hmm. you know, out there and people just kind of, um, I was married. I was in a relationship for 21 years, um, married for 17 of those and constantly having to sort of, if I chose to say to people, no, I'm not the man in this marriage. Mm. I am not my wife that there. I'm actually pretty domestic. Like I will do the laundry Mm -hmm. and I'll do all of that. Like I don't mind to do all that. I can go out there and work on the car too and lay the fence. Uh all of that to me is domestic. Mm -hmm. A a taking. Mm -hmm. Like all that to me is domestic. And so, you know, I'm not I'd prefer to stay home and not go anywhere and do all of that. Like I like the vacation and that, but I do that. You go out, go Mm -hmm. out there. And so, you know, just having to deal with people. When I stayed home with our kids, like people, were like, really? What even you mm-hmm. like? Huh, mm-hmm. that surprises me. Really? Because, Erin, that's she is not like that. That's yeah, not yeah. her thing. You yeah. know, do you know us at all? Because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that way. Right. You know, it'd be, it was really strange. And then when I did decide, okay, I'm going to take the shot and I'm going to do the surgery, the reaction, from the community, mm-hmm. the reaction always from queered people, what I call queer people. My great grandmother used the word queer to mean anything that she thought was curious enough for inquiry. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh, that is so queer. That's how she used that word. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I use that word because mm-hmm. I think that we're interesting and deserve inquiry mm-hmm. and that it's more... And it's curious. Oh, that's curious. And that curiosity isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, so I, when I, you know, decide to do all of this emerging and that, even from the very beginning, there is this, what do you call it? Gatekeeping Mm -hmm. that happens in these communities Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are, I'm like, lesbians, you were the ones. Who said that gender was this constructed thing, and that we didn't have to? Being a woman didn't mean that. Mm -hmm. So now, suddenly, I've actually had a lesbian tell me that she was so sorry when she heard that I had chest surgery. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: Because I was such a beautiful person (gasps) and being, and they did not. She was sorry they were losing me.
1: Oh, losing oh, I, like, you,
0: losing me. And she was like, "Well, oh well, yeah, you don't." Hey, I've never said I stopped identifying as a lesbian. Yeah. B. I've always identified politically as a lesbian. I, I've never. That's the only way I've ever identified as a lesbian. Someone asks me if they're lesbian, I say I'm uh, politically yes. Hmm. I am. I I kind of can get down with the politics. It comes closest to. What I think that um, I believe in the most of what I believe in, but I've never said mm-hmm. I was actually. That, that's your assumption. You didn't ask me any more questions mm-hmm. about it, you know. But like, it's been very curious. Women who will not talk to me yeah. now um, because I'm a man.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, right. and um, places that I'm not welcome right anymore, uh, which. You, again in theory you're like oh yeah but you don't think that's really going to happen. right? These are people that you've been around for like for me 15 20
1: right. 25 years. And and people who have similar experiences of like feeling like they don't belong in yeah. spaces for them to then other you I'm yeah. sure is just it's telling so me I don't yeah. well
0: I belong but this trans woman over here who says she's a lesbian and it's probably been a lesbian all her life she she doesn't belong Why? Because of her body part. You all said the body parts are insignificant to Mm -hmm. the rest of what was going on. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: what is happening now? Mm -hmm. Tell me what is happening here. And how is my socialization as a female body person not valid now? Because in your words, I chopped off my tits and I'm putting chemicals that don't belong in my body in my body. It's been it's been. Fascinating, right. To to tell you, you know, it was fascinating when uh, at uh, the Ohio State University, I at one point was the director of ethnic student services. I went into that job from being the coordinator of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender student services, um, which did not have a T when I first got there. Mm. Uh, I. Uh, what I was going to say earlier is I decided to start using the T because Ohio state was Mm -hmm. not, um, providing care or, uh, 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 any kind of, uh, uh, options for transgender students. Mm -hmm. And Matthew Shepard was killed. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there was all this going on and, um, James Byrd is killed in Texas or Florida. Um, this is a black man who gets dragged behind a truck. Mm. Um, everybody whispers about the fact that he was effeminate. Mm. Now, whatever else he was, who knows? He drank a lot. Always was very nice to people. Did stuff for people, but every night he drank a lot. And some some haters. Took advantage of that. And at the same time, three black trans women were murdered within weeks of themselves Mm. in Cleveland. No, nothing. Mm -hmm. It barely made the news. Mm -hmm. Barely made the news. But Matthew Shepard, I mean, the whole Uh, world stopped because this blonde Mm-hmm. Blue eyed, cute little gay boy. And I do not begrudge what happened to him or anything like that. But if you were going to do that for him, then the rest of them should have been up there mm-hmm. right with mm-hmm. it. And there was nothing. And it hurt my soul mm-hmm. so much that I went and asked my supervisor why, for some reason, it made me ask why we did not have a tea. Yeah. Why was it just gay lesbian bisexual student services mm-hmm. and she explained to me that it was because of uh, the board of trustees um saying that there was no precedent for it no student had come forward and asked mm-hmm. you know and as for the other things first it was the gay office and lesbians and then yeah. the bisexuals were like yo and so nobody had really asked and so that's why mm-hmm. so the next day i was like hey um, I'm staff and I'm transgender. Yeah. And so where are we going to do about, it? Right. Do
1: about right. right.
0: And we had uh, also at Ohio high state, there was a lot of, uh, what is that called? Impromptuing going, um, they were setting up stings in the restrooms mm. and capturing, capturing, <sighs> you know, uh, gay men supposedly, um, eliciting, soliciting, soliciting, um, sex. Uh. And so that was happening as well. A couple cross-dressers, cross-dressers, they say were caught in the men's restroom. Mm-hmm. And so just all of these things are happening at once. And I'm like, what can I do? What can mm-hmm. I do? And so that that is why,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, I, I was like, okay, well, I'm transgender.
1: Right, and th- and that's like when they say there's no precedent for it, or like no one has asked. Probably because they didn't feel comfortable exactly. because that letter wasn't there, and so then by you saying that, I'm sure like there certainly had exactly. been trans. people. Oh, right? it's not like you were the first there, trans person. There were trans. Yet. There were trans
0: people that were professors and whatnot. Just not no one. Out like Mm -hmm. that nobody's saying me right you know and um but you know some of the backlash from that from the gay community when that when there starts being articles because i really started being more active then um and uh really pushing you know now we have the lgbt alumni association um there's the national day of of um National Coming Out Day. Mm-hmm. That whole thing was not there before. Like it somehow it motivated me to try and work with folks to get these things in place. Yeah. We had never marched um, in Hong Kong. We had never Uh in the homecoming parade. And, you know, because we'll tell each other these narratives. They don't want us there, so we don't go. It's going to be scary, so we don't go. But what about that one person that's made their way here and they're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What does it mean? They may never come up to you, but what does it mean in the homecoming parade for them to see the Office of Ethnic Student Services, to see the Office uh, of Student gender and sexuality services. What does that mean for them to see that? Mm -hmm. And so that's where like this visibility thing starts like coming in. But the backlash that I got from the gay community Mm -hmm. as people would read and be like, you're transgender. Mm -hmm. When did that happen?
1: When did that happen?
0: Have you been looking at me? Right. I mean, like, do you hear me? I've always said that I would take the shot. I just am definitely afraid of needles. Right, so I right. never took the shot, right. you know? Um, I've since changed my mind about that. Uh, it, and it's still just as traumatic as I, it would have been then. But um, it, it, it's like all that kind of overlapping. And I guess that's how I, every time I try to leave here, something brings me back. Yeah, You know, I did leave for a few years for a few years um in the 80s but here I'm yeah here I am back. And well, so it's home base.
1: Wow. Yeah, you you've shared so many things about like, you know, your your experience and, you know, some of the the struggles and just like lack of acceptance in spaces where you had always felt comfortable and I think for a lot of like young Queer folks, young, queer trans folks, young trans folks of color, queer people of color, like they're experiencing that still all these years later, mm-hmm. too. You know, we may have the T in front of the the center, but it doesn't mean that there's any more acceptance, right. as we know from right. legislation, as we know from everything we're hearing in the news. So as as somebody who's gone through all this, who's still living and like experiencing like your identity as you move through the world, like mm-hmm. What advice would you give to uh, like young queer and trans people, young queer trans people of color about like, you know, carrying on despite what other people want to project on them?
0: I mean, that's it period, right? It's like, uh, one thing I would say is like, you really need to figure out some mindfulness that you can do for yourself to center yourself Mm -hmm. and that you, that voice inside. I believe people's voices inside say that that they're enough and that they are perfect how they are. It's to remember to listen to that and, and to realize the rest of it is the joke that everyone's trying to put on you. And it is your light and your power that they're afraid of and you are born with that. Mm-hmm. You're born with it. And the I feel like life is trying to keep that from getting snuffed out.
1: And why do you think that is?
0: Trying to snuff it out. Yeah. Um because because folks think they want power to make the world go right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if if I'm and they think that they need the numbers, they don't understand that. So I'm a religious person. Okay. And, uh, there's a story in the Bible about, uh, after Jesus is killed, um, that his disciples are together and someone comes to tell them, someone comes, Mary comes to tell them that Jesus is alive. And then shortly after that is, um, this is announced, um, um, in this marketplace where people are coming to do their taxes and, Every word that the disciples go, they're told to go out and talk, and suddenly they can speak all the different languages, mm-hmm. even though the people are different. Mm-hmm. I, in my mind, believe that people think that if they can control everything that you're doing, that they'll have that kind of power. Mm-hmm. That even that they don't see that you. It's it's just like, um, you know, some of the things that I saw with the uh, Black Lives Matter is that people wanted change. They wanted exchange, not change. Mm. I think it's about that, that people think that because, because you can't totally get away without some intentional conscious work from those narratives, those uh, records that have been playing that you're socialized. it's hard to get a, get a, away from those. And we're tricked into believing that if we can get everybody to act this way, at this time well, it's not a trick if you can you can you can rule them mm-hmm. that is why when you see conquering nations what's the first thing they'll do they'll take away the language mm-hmm. instead of trying to learn the language they'll take away the language and say no you have to do this language mm-hmm. they'll take away your rituals they'll take away your clothes they'll take away will strip you of everything to get your power mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that I think that that's Why it is that we've somehow lost the value of, you know, like you'll see parents being so embarrassed because their child's acting a certain way and their child's just being a child and just, and they'll try to force them to, you know, to do this thing. And it's like, why? Mm -hmm. Because it's embarrassing of you because it says something about you. What does it say about you? Right. About you and why do we believe that? But our whole world is set on this precedent of this power. Mm -hmm. And it's our job. I feel like it's my job to remind folks. No, you, you don't have no, you don't. You believe yourself. I probably would have gone earlier if I could have just trusted and believed myself that. My instinct is good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, even when you're doing something crooked. You know, you're doing something, you know, yeah, right, you, right. you're really brutally honest with yourself. You know, you're making a choice that may not end up well, mm-hmm. and that you have made a decision to go ahead and try and try that. That That is how it is, period. I'm like, don't believe the hype. Don't believe whenever they're like, oh, the majority of people, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Somebody is lying to you about that. If you can't, is true if you can dream it. Mm-hmm. You can make it happen. Now, it might not happen in all the ways. Like I I always asked to be relative, relevant. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be relevant. I wanted to be, if I die, I wanted to have what I did in my life have, have really been relevant to the positive positivity of someone else, of the people mm-hmm. around me's life. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be in more of a, I don't know, on Broadway, or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, not in the way that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have imagined actually, you know, that a national award would be something that I would be getting in my 60s. I would have imagined that that might have happened in my 20s or 30s. And because it didn't, that. I wasn't successful or I wasn't, I don't, I don't remember like having that conscious thought, but I definitely, you know, it's also this thing that your life is over after like, I don't know, 30 or 35 or forty. like there's this idea and this thing that gets, gets sold. And I see a lot of my friends, I'm like, so what? Or I'm 60. I can't, what's I got to do? Right. Okay, bye. I'm going to be over here, but we believe that there's only a limited time for us to get done whatever we need to get done. And if not, then you need to just fall into this pattern of what the world says is success. I just changed my job. Mm -hmm. At 61 years of age, I cannot tell you how people think I'm insane, Mm -hmm. you know, and why would I do that? I'm like, because I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want to feel joy. I want to give joy. I don't want the joy I give to be bitter Mm -hmm. because eight hours of my day are spent in a place I don't want it to be, you know? And so it's that kind of thing to remember that there is life like this. This is only right now. This is only right now. And more often than not, it really is your choice. You really do have the power. That's what I would say. You really do have the power. You really do. And you are going to, to grow out of things. You can think of your parents, the people around you, kind of like uh, Chrysalis, you got to get out yeah. of that, right? Uh-huh. And you're not going to look like that before. And okay. you're not going to have any of that shell stuff. Yeah. And maybe some of it will come with you and maybe it won't. I was estranged from my parents. Um, I don't know if they would call it that, but I would call it that for several years. I mean, I came, showed up maybe as a shell of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I I it is just now that I am showing up as my full self. Mm-hmm. And and you know, don't be like that. Don't sit around. Um you know, part of my emergence is because I did not want my parents to die. It suddenly occurred to me that my parents were going to die. And not know me. Mm. Not really know me. Yeah. And I didn't want to have that. It was selfish. I just didn't want that burden on me. Yeah. You know, but The the thing is, it's always less scarier when you do it than you've already imagined everything that's going to happen. So (laughs) if it does, so, so do this, you think it's going to be that terrible, then figure out what you're going to do. If it's that terrible, that's the thing. Don't sit around and be, oh, well, they'll hate me and they'll put me out. Okay. Maybe they will hate you and put you out figure out what will you do then? Mm -hmm. What will you do? Instead of sitting there worrying about that, the thing is get your own answer, figure out what will you do? All right. They're going to put me out. What will I do? Mm -hmm. And try to get prepared. Oh, this person might say this. Like I wouldn't go to my family reunions because I thought someone was going to say something. Finally got in my head and I started practicing and I do that a lot. Mm. If I think I'm going to run into some kind of animosity or whatever, I practice what my response is going to be. I try to think of shocking things to be said to me Mm. so that I can be prepared because that's how you get caught off guard. Does it Mm. suck to have to do that? Well, as marginalized people, that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And it it can suck, but still. So, you know, when a cousin came up and said, oh my God, I heard you were gay.
1: Mm.
0: My response was, you're just now hearing that?
1: Right. <laughs> that
0: right. <was> old news. <laughs> yeah.
1: Make them feel bad. Yes, or, I, yeah. And just okay.
0: Well, is there something else you wanted to say about that? Right. I mean, I had someone come up, my brother's uh, 50th, 50th. 60th birthday party or his retirement party and say, Oh my God. So, you know, I, I saw you're like a transgender yeah. and my partner's daughter's just now saying that she's like, like one of you and, you know, and I'm just like, so I had prepared in some ways for this type of thing. And I was like, first of all, we're at a party. And I don't want to talk about this right now.
1: Right, we're here to celebrate um, the retirement. <laughs> and
0: there's two things I don't mind to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And here, here is one place I can send you, you know, for for them. And and that's that. Mm-hmm. And okay. but you have to, because people will try to do that. They'll try to take your power by saying something mean. You know, someone's like, you know just oh i didn't know you're a bulldacker i didn't know people still use that word yeah you know like to to be able to say that and to just in some ways maybe expect i guess in some ways expect it like not be so shocked we see that that's what's supposed to happen our movies play it up even mm-hmm. like the good gay ones still play on the stereotypes yeah. and the negativity Absolutely. of the stereotypes yep. right you know just reinforcing i'm like why did you, why you have to do it like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, like, right. you know, why is that the only version of Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, why, 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 why is it? Or you're, you gotta be a good meaning ha- acting queer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Right.
1: Palatable. Yeah.
0: Palatable. Yeah. The favorite uncle or aunt. And, right. You know. The gay like, best
1: friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those tropes. Yeah. All of that. Right. Right. Right.
0: So that's what I would say. Like, it really is. That's why it seems so hard because the simple answer is you really do need to believe yourself about you. Mm -hmm. And if you are saying anything to yourself other than I'm awesome and I can do this, then get to that mindfulness Get to that, get to tearing up those records that are playing so that you just don't accept it. I mean, I've been a lucky enough person that I never accepted all the crap people tell say when they say they're Christians or church. I've been like, I don't know what, Bible you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're reading. I don't understand. The premise is, the thing is love, love, love everybody. And this is not love. So you're just trying to be God. And I'll be like, Jesus, you need to get your people together <laughs> because yeah. they're out here telling lies on you, right? you know? And that is like how I just like not expecting Anything outside? I well, I guess it just be me and God there because the rest of you, I, I guess I'm just not gonna come in here. I'm gonna have to have church at my house yeah. by myself, or you know what, whatever, whatever it is. The same when I get flack from queer people going, "You're a Christian," and trying to give me, "Well, I'm an atheist," or "I'm a okay."
1: Teach their own. I mean,
0: these tacos are still good though, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's fine to eat your own. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I could hang out with you. Okay. Well, I mean.
1: You don't need that on your life, okay. then, yeah.
0: And I think that's that too is, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's social media. Like, you know, people care more about how many folks are on their page or how many, like all of that, but they can't have an actual conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I worry about that a lot. Is that that's what I worry? It's like and something I would say, don't stop having real time relationships with people. Yeah. Talk to folks, ask people questions. I'll tell you, the older gays, we're out here. We don't mind a question. At least I don't. You know, it's to like really the relationships are the most important thing that you need. Mm-hmm. You need the relationships, and you need relationships that feed you. Yeah, and. You know, sometimes you get stuck with sucky caretakers, you know, but there are people on the outside. What I, One of the things that I learned, I went through my pregnancy and all of that uh, pretty alone. And what I didn't realize then is that there were all these people just waiting because we'll do that too. I don't know if it's just a Midwestern thing, um, but we'll do that. We'll see somebody looks like they need help, but we will not say anything. We'll be like, even though we know how hard it is when we need help to ask for it, mm. we will not say, Hey, you good? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really, are you good? Cause your energy Seems to just do that, but there. But I was surrounded by people waiting for me to lift up my head and look for something more than the dirt on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's that too. You've got to lift your head up. You cannot stay with your head down, you can't stay hitting it behind a computer screen in your bedroom, living your life. Mm-hmm. You've got to get out and and have relationships. Uh, and that's how, and, and like create your world. Yeah. You, you want a bunch of people who, I don't know. I, I don't know what you <laughs> want a bunch, bunch of people who like to go to the park and just stare at the squirrels, then <laughs> out and do that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. There's a group for everybody. You know? <laughs> but it
0: uh, really is that like, I can't tell you how, um, I, I can't really say what where the resiliency because I do recognize it as a resiliency um and sometimes I just remind myself that as bad as it is it, 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 there is worse yeah as bad as it is there is work I gotta take a deep breath and figure out what I need to do mm-hmm what I need to do I think that our society really um, makes us helpless mm-hmm. always making all these decisions for us telling us what we what we can or cannot do or how we mm-hmm. should be able to do something we got to ban things because right you know like it, doesn't even, it because yeah. you can't handle it you know well I could not read whatever. I could like just simply not read it. How about that? Mm Right. You know, but why are you telling me that? Why are you telling me? I mean, I appreciate not going in Las Vegas, they allow indoor smoking. Mm. I appreciate that there (laughs) is not. I don't necessarily, I feel like, can't y'all just make the decisions about banning? Why is it? got to be a whole rule that now people got to go to jail like it's just right just the simplest stuff Mm -hmm. just it's like we can't think for ourselves right and if when before we go to think we got to check and see what the most popular answer is because that's what you're going to do right you're going to do that even if it goes against what you feel it's like what what's everybody else doing Mm -hmm. because i don't want to like be standing alone right you know what? Let's say get comfortable with alone.
1: Right. Oh yeah.
0: It's hard for it's hard. Yeah. It is hard to be alone.
1: Well <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: It's really hard to be <laughs> you're over here like what? <laughs> I, <can't see>
0: <laughs> I cannot.
1: <laughs> well Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories and for imparting this wisdom on on young folks. I know that if I was like you know even just a few years ago, hearing this would have really changed things for me oh. too. So, um, if there are any young folks listening who want to get to know you more, like is there any way that they could reach out and?
0: Well, I'm trying to work on that currently. <laughs> I do have a Facebook. I do have a Facebook and I do have an Instagram. And what I'll say is if you reach out to me, you know this, uh, I will try to answer, but you probably just need to follow back up. (laughs) Um, I try to get around to things no more than two or three days after they get to me. But, um, you know, maybe I'm going to be able to afford a PA sometime soon and I'll get better at it.
1: Right, right. You
0: know, just look me up there. I'm always willing to come and talk uh, to folks and things like that and, and be available. So yeah, they could just reach out to me. Got a couple projects in the in the works that I'm hopefully going to be doing here soon. One might look like a a new drag troop.
1: Oh well, you heard it here first on speaking it. clearly. <laughs>
0: I've been thinking about it a lot. yeah. Um, And uh, the other is probably going to be, well, it's not probably going to be. It's going to be some kind of praise, faith and praise show of sorts.
2: Nice.
0: Um, So it is going to include like praise and worship songs and gender expression. Oh. And so...
1: I love that you're teasing this on our on our <laughs> podcast. This is great. We'll need to follow up when that happens. That's what I'm thinking to. about
0: doing. Hopefully.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, out of your life, to be here on um, speaking queerly. We really appreciate it, and
0: we enjoyed it. That. Yeah. Thank you much.
1: Yeah. And, and thank you to all of our listeners for listening to this episode of Speaking Queerly. If you have any suggestions for future topics, or if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on future episodes, um, please send an email to mallory at kycohio.org, and we'll do our best to, to fulfill that request. Um, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and share this episode with a friend so they can be part of the conversation, too. Um, you can also follow us on all social media platforms at KYCOhio. And if you like what you heard so far on Speaking Queerly, please visit kycohio.org donate. You can make a one-time donation or you could join our unity circle. Your contributions will help KYC continue to serve LGBTQIA youth at, through programming, community-based wellness, and behavioral health supports, or through educational tools and trainings like this podcast. So, so ways you can get involved.
0: Get involved.
1: <laughs> Until then, we'll, we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you next time.
2: Bye!